Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today is Jenna Ipkar. Hello. And our special guest, first time on the show, Abby Bender. Hello, everyone. Hey, Abby <laughs> uh, writes about film. She's written for Elle Magazine, Film Comment, Little White Lies, Slant Magazine, a whole bunch of others. She's pretty prolific with the uh, writing for things oh. thing. Oh, shucks. You know, <laughs> I'm tooting her horn a little bit. And um, she's pretty active on Twitter, founder on Twitter. Too, too active. Yeah. <laughs> Some might say too active. Really into the fashion of film, costuming of film. She's got clueless uh, skirt. Wear, skirt. Um, yeah, I felt like I wanted to dress the part today. So I'm wearing a skirt that has pictures of the cast of Clueless on it. It's, Which is awesome. It's really a shame. This is a podcast and not just a video of my skirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a shame. Yeah. Where'd you get this uh, clueless skirt? I got it from this site. It's called like Oh Mighty, and they like sell all of these really like sort of obnoxious club kid clothes and like different like nineties patterns. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I remember you got the uh, the Barbarella leggings, <laughs> yes, which are I, like the greatest things yeah. ever invented. Yes, if I if I come back, I'll have to wear those. Um, Wait, I want to know more about those. Okay, yeah. So I have these leggings, and they have the poster of Barbarella on them. Nice. So you can have like Jane Fonda like on and around your butt, which nice. is what everyone wants. Really, that's so true. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like an all over. Print, yeah, it's right? an all over print. Yeah, that was just on TV the other day. Barbarella. Yeah, like on this like non-cable movies exclamation point channel that I get with like commercials or yeah. I I was like really Barbarella, but I watched it again. (laughs) You like Barbarella? You fan? It's you know it's like one of those movies that's sort of like so dumb that it's kind of great. And but Jane Fonda is so beautiful. Yeah. Even though I think she was like in the like throes of being uh, victimized by Vadim at the time. Right. So they don't want to think too hard about it, but... <laughs> Are you a fan of Barbarella, Abby? Well, of course. I would, I mean, I would be kind of a poser if I like got the leggings and I wasn't a fan. Yeah, that would be horrible. Yeah, that would be like wearing a band <laughs> shirt for a band you don't listen to or something. True um, that. No, I buy the leggings, though. Those are cool. I like it a lot. And uh, I mean, her hair in that movie is amazing. <laughs> That's like... That's like really bad criticism though to just be like, oh yeah, I like it because she has good hair. Yeah, but come on, Jane Fonda, come on. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the topic for today is we're going to be talking about costuming in movies. And when I say costuming, I don't mean like, you know, superhero costumes or whatever. We mean like the whole thing of what people are wearing and whatnot. So, you know, film fashions and all that, our favorite ones in that regard, why it works, when it works, why it doesn't work, when it doesn't work, that whole thing. (laughs) I have something we can start off with. All right. I, okay. I don't want to start off on a negative note, but I do get tired of every time you see something about fashion and film, it inevitably talks about Audrey Hepburn and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm. Because even though it's a good film and she is obviously very lovely and always very well-dressed and classy, just if I hear one more girl saying that that's their style icon, oh my God. So that's like one of like the fashion and film things I get really tired of, just having to hear about that black dress all the time i agree with that (laughs) but you know what it's funny because one of the i i tried when we were going to talk about fashion i did write a small list so i could remember things but one of the ones that i had down there actually it's not not that movie but um how to steal a million Uh uh-huh do you ever see that i haven't because that's audrey hepburn and peter o'toole Mm -hmm. and it's super charming and it's super cute and her outfits are much better (laughs) 
than than the other because she's she's rich in that movie so she can just go all out it's all like Givenchy and Cartier <laughs> you know like it's it's really cool the the definitely I love those old do you like those sort of older fashion movies oh or you, yeah for sure yeah yes <laughs> have you ever seen how to how to marry a millionaire yeah yeah I thought that movie was just a vehicle to show off showcase outfits yeah lots <laughs> of um sort of sparkly outfits right oh Those yeah how to marry a millionaire yeah i think so it's also just like three attractive women it's like what bacall uh grable and um Marilyn. Marilyn. yeah yeah you ever see that cody yeah you get your bang for your buck with that one you get <laughs> three of those um <laughs> three of those <laughs> um yeah i mean the thing with audrey hepburn i never really got hepburn too much i mean i just wasn't really into it I do agree. Like, yeah, the style, the emulation of that, it, it's just people get so fixated on just like one or two looks and it's yeah. just like ridiculous. No, I mean, and she's like, I mean, obviously she's like adorable and like I watched a Love in the Afternoon recently and I was like, well, yeah, she's so charming. But then at the same time, I just feel like every single teenage girl is like, oh my God, I want to look like Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> and yeah, and I get like- tired of that. So basically that was all to say, I am not here to talk about. Right on. Yeah. I mean, let's get that right out of the way is like a thing we don't have to talk about. I feel like with certain fashion and film, like certain like haircuts in film and stuff, it just doesn't translate well to life. Mm -hmm. And when people try and emulate that, it just doesn't work. People that get haircuts based on like, you know, anime characters or like cool people in movies. Like when you take that into like just going to actual places where human beings are, (laughs) <laughs> like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work, you know, but like you see it in a movie and it looks perfect because it just works for the movie yeah. world. Well, when I was in, um, in high school, I really wanted to be a flapper. So I like got a bob haircut and it only looked good for like one day when it was all like blow dried and everything. And then just like, I would just like go every day and feel like, why do I not look like a 20 starlet? It doesn't work. Yeah. That's the thing with those. Like, I mean, it's all maintenance, right? Yeah. It's like, you need yeah, like a hair person no, touching it up every day. Yeah. I was way too lazy, way too lazy to look like a flapper. That's like when I see the girls with like the straight across bangs and like for one yeah, day. I yeah. Think. And then every other day it's like, it's not really that straight, you know, like you need a wig to do it right or something. We can't all be Anna Karina. Sadly. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Anna Karina. <laughs> beautiful Anna. <laughs> so, Jenna, what would be your pick of, uh, you know, something that you like? Let's let's go to stuff we like. Uh, you know, actually, the, the first thing that I thought about when you said fashion and movies was uh, Kubrick. Because uh, Clockwork Orange, in particular, the costumes stand out so much to me. And not just, it, not like... You know, that's another movie where it's, I think, like, um, you know, Audrey Hepburn in general, that people get fixated on <laughs> yeah. this one image. Yeah, yeah. But there's so much more in that movie that's just so, like, those costumes are perfect and they work so well to even tell the, the story. I, yeah, I love in that movie the scene where they're at, um, well, I mean, it's kind of a horrible in some ways, obviously, but when he's at the record store, yes. there are those two girls. That suit, that yeah. suit he's in. <laughs> and, oh, man. And it's. Then, and then those two girls who have like the perfect like sort of mod outfits and they have yeah. like the really phallic um, popsicles that are like yeah. melting. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. And yeah. then also, I mean, like from from that to the bodyguard at, at um, the writer's house who has this perfect preppy outfit with like the, the little like yeah. thick black glasses mm-hmm. and like he's just like it, it looks futuristic and yet it also looks like a very like reachable future. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we went so far out that we came kind of back to like the 70s, the yeah. 60s. 
No, I mean, that's something I'm always interested in that I actually, it's a good segue because it's something I wrote about because I wrote this, um, this big piece from my friend's site to be continued on like dated aesthetics in film, which is something I'm really interested in. And I always think it's so cool. If, like this sort of like 60s version of the future. And it's like, it looks so like of the time, right. but it's also like trying to be the future. And I just always think you know, to say something is dated or something like that. I always feel like that's super lazy because it's like you're saying that instead of looking at why it's interesting, instead of appreciating the fact that we have this like sort of capturing this crazy like 60s style or 70s style or whatever decade style. Yeah, I always love the the sort of 60s, 70s future look. Yeah. Because it, it has a, a to me, it, it feels timeless. Yeah. And I know that. So the only person in costuming that I actually know the name of is Milena Canonero, uh-huh. who was the person who did the costumes for Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah. And she actually has also, and and you know, it's, it tells for how talented she is mm-hmm. because she's gone on to do other things. And I realized that as I was sort of looking up everyone that she's worked with, I was like, no shit. These are all of my favorite movies from <laughs> these directors, yeah. such as she worked with Wes Anderson and she did the costumes for a uh, life aquatic mm. and for um, Budapest hotel. See, I was going to bring up life aquatic because for me, that was the one where something threw me off about the costumes. And, you know, that's not like a loved Wes Anderson movie. It's kind of like in the, it's like become a deep cut at this point. <laughs> I like it a lot. It's my favorite one. Yeah. yeah I, I think I it's a great movie. I haven't seen it for a while, but I like it. But there was this one shot in it where um, it's Zizou and Kate uh, Blanchett, like on a balloon or something, like on the um, boat, they like go up in a balloon, I guess. And they're like looking down. And you see her shoes and they're like yellow Converse shoes. And something really weirded me out about seeing Converse <laughs> shoes in a Wes Anderson movie. Isn't that kind of like in a Marie Antoinette when they're like showing all the shoes and then there's like randomly a pair of Converse? Yeah, yeah. In the midst of all these like fancy, super garish shoes. I think she also did that movie yeah, too. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. <laughs> wow, yeah. so it's her I have an issue with. But which is funny to me because that's like that's those are the movies that I've liked so much because I think your criticism about Budapest Hotel was also that it was too on the nose. But that's what I I loved about it. I I wasn't so into that. Yeah, I I really wasn't a fan of Budapest. And I hated like what was it? They had like a purple outfit and said like bellboy on the thing or whatever. Oh, I I loved it. I I couldn't stand that. I, I really liked the set design, but I just felt like as a movie, I felt like he had his like Wes Anderson checklist and he kept like checking off like, okay, we got Bill Murray in there for two seconds. Check. Yeah. And he forgot how to (laughs) shoot fucking scope with that film. Like you go back and you look at Royal Tenenbaums and it's very wide and the lines are straight and it looks amazing. And then Budapest, like it's just distortion everywhere Mm -hmm. and it's just really gross. I'm talking about specifically the super wide sections of it. But it just looks horrible. And I it's just these badly composed shots and the wrong lenses and everything. I just hate the look of that. <laughs> but, you know, the other sections of it, you know, the four, three sections, they look better. But yeah, that that part really threw me off. I think I tend to like those movies that kind of overdo it, that are super yeah. stylized and, and make it feel like, you know, yeah, like it, it did feel like a Wes Anderson checklist, but that wasn't bad for me. I kind of liked it. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, like own it. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to if you're going to look at a checklist, you might as well look at a Wes Anderson checklist because it's you know, it's it's always there's something to look at and find that's intricate and amazing there. You know, like um, I mean, the fashion in uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I mean. Uh-huh. It's incredible that you can talk about like an animated, you know, stop motion 
film and you can remark on the clothes that like the animals are yeah, wearing and definitely. everything. You know, I mean, that's like, I mean, going back to like Hanna-Barbera days where it would just be like an animal and just like a blue shirt or like <laughs> a blue dress or, you know, like they would like fashion for animals, like where that's come since then with Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox. That'll I mean, be the next episode. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, they're wearing like three-piece suits and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's the dress to the T. That might be my favorite example of costuming in his, uh, in his work just because, I mean, that's just so batshit crazy to just be putting animals in like <laughs> full attire and it just works. It's brilliant. <laughs> One of my favorites, um, you know, because I was racking my brain for like, all right, what what would be my pick of like if I had to teach costuming and film or teach, you know, that sort of thing? What would I use as like a teaching tool or an example? Mm -hmm. And I realized Buffalo 66 because it all takes place over a day, but there are like definite like costume change beats simply because at the start of the film, he's like wearing a lot of layers of clothing. Mm -hmm. And then as the film goes on, like he'll take like, his first jacket off and then like his second jacket off and then he's got like another shirt on and then he's got like an undershirt. There's like all this room for um, him to look different, even though it's all taking place over one day, which is like a trap you can get into when you have a movie that's taking place over that short a time period because you just see the same people in the same attire for like a very long time. But like, and it also always reflects like his changing vibe. Like when he's at the bowling alley, he's got like his undershirt on and like he's feeling like, <laughs> He's the shit. And then like when he's taking a bath and he's feeling vulnerable and like it just goes through all these beats and it's all reflected in the fashion, even though he never goes to a dresser and grabs more clothes. You know, it's never the next day and then he's just wearing something else. It's just all stuff that he has on his person. And then that changes as the film goes on. So that would probably be my favorite personal favorite like example of fashion and film that I really think is brilliant. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I I haven't actually seen it, so Jenna, have you seen it? I actually haven't either. But you know, oh, you were, come on, people. I've, seen, I've seen a lot of pictures of uh, Christina Ritchie from it, and oh, it, yeah. it looks like she has like good some good eyeshadow going on. Well, he did her makeup for that movie. Oh, really? That's yeah. Funny. He hated what everybody was doing on that movie, so he just ended up doing everybody's yeah, job. Yeah, sort of like this baby blue eyeshadow. Yep. That was all him. Yeah, I guess I should see it. <laughs> he costumed everybody and he costumed cool. her. And, and like the surrounding like attire of like all the other characters in that movie. It's all really good because like, I mean, he's in every scene, obviously, and she's in most of the scenes mm -hmm. and they sort of meet people along the way. But everyone they meet, you know, you're only seeing them for like maybe a minute. So they really have to come through as far as like who they are yeah. and their vibe and everything. And he really nails that with their costumes. It's funny. I feel like I just, I really don't focus on like men's fashion as much. I'm definitely always like, if there's something I'm going to write about or like pay attention to, it's always more like what the women are wearing. That's so a good point. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear you, to hear you say that and get the, get the masculine perspective, I suppose. Oh, there's so many men's fashion movies. Well, they're not fashion movies, but say like Steve McQueen. Yeah. I was going to say any movie that Cary Grant has ever Cary been Grant. in. Well, Cary, he's always dapper, but yeah. you get like someone like um, Steve McQueen who rocked the like turtleneck and blazer mm -hmm. and did not look dopey, you know, like he looked like a badass, yeah. you know, and he also yeah. really sort of, he set that whole stage for that or like uh, Alain Delon who was also oh, yeah, completely yeah. gorgeous and always yeah, well-dressed, <laughs> you know, like a uh, purple noon. Uh, I was right about to say, yeah. yeah. Purple noon. He has great costumes. That, that beautiful um, striped uh, red and blue uh, suit 
that he tries to he steals from that guy that he kills and uh <laughs> all, a bunch of yeah i'm actually I'm, I'm in more i feel like sometimes i pay more attention to the men's fashion it's oh. which is funny it's like it used to be more of a priority, I guess, you know. Well, people just dressed better. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> definitely. Right. But like now, like if you were to think of like the who are like the heartthrob dudes, like like Channing Tatum or whatever, <laughs> you would never like remark on like his attire in a film. You'd be like, oh, his abs or oh, his like arms yeah. and like he's in a like, wife beater I or was, something. And, you know, yeah. that's enough or and whatever. I was just thinking the other day. I mean, this isn't explicitly film related, but I was looking at like I had like the New York Times, like fashion magazine, like the men's supplement. And I was looking at all the ads and I was like, all of these guys who are supposed to be fashionable just look so douchey. Like there's really, it's really hard to get that balance where like a guy looks fashionable, but that he doesn't look totally obnoxious about it. Right. All and I guess the only place you see it is like, uh, I guess in indie films, you still see it, but then it's like, it's almost like an ironic yeah. fashion. You know, it's not yeah. like fashion for fashion's sake it's like fashion for like being silly and humorous yeah which sucks because i think like a big reason why a lot of the uh big actors of the 70s or 80s and etc became big actors is because they were dressed so well like robert redford <laughs> yeah. uh dirty harry is dressed yeah. fantastically clint Absolutely. eastwood in, in his sort of like when he's in his younger days in his action movies always dressed also the same thing like can rock a blazer with like a <laughs> v-neck sweater and then like, you know, that's perfect. It's so good. <laughs> or actually, you know, I was thinking also of like um, uh, Quadrophenia or Hard Day's Night yeah. or Performance, all of which have completely different types of fashion. But uh, that without the, the outfits, those none of those movies would be the, the same. You know, Quadrophenia, you know, Mods versus the Rockers. That's, you know, basically a movie based on fashion as <laughs> yeah. is anyhow. Yeah. And completely rocks it. Same thing with, you know, even like, you know, talking about how to wear, wash your jeans so they can become tighter and <laughs> uh, Hard Day's Night. The Beatles made made those suits iconic with that sort of cut with the um that the velvet collars yeah, and the yeah and and the boots of course oh of course yes <laughs> the boots which I like you know it's like men want to be you women want to be you and men want to do you and women want to do you kind of fashion <laughs> Just you know equal opportunity Just everybody <laughs> like you know man I've I own beetle boots you know and then I've also gone after guys who have beetle boots so. <laughs> Definitely. And performance, you know, with, um, I don't know if either of you have seen that, but I've it's, never seen that. It's a Mick Jagger one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's also, it's this very, like, it's the difference between this mobster who's also dressed in a three piece suit and who like has to go like undercover basically in Mick Jagger's house, which is super funky. And he's half, he's usually naked, but when he's <laughs> not like, it's great. You know, like he's always just like dressed mm -hmm. super hippie style like really like you know sets the mood you don't have they no one has to say anything you just walk in the room you're like i know who that guy is <laughs> right and then and then i guess for women anna karina yeah. is probably my number one i feel as though you you it, it's almost like any girl who like has like a somewhat like artistic or intellectual disposition like if you don't go through high school without like wanting to be her and wanting to look like her you're like missing out she's like the reason why you learn how to do cat eye makeup and all that definitely and like her she always has these amazing colored tights which is something i value in my costuming i love stockings and i think which movie is it in a woman is a woman she has like that sort of swing coat with a fur collar yeah and it's like that super like 60s very like glamorous very playful that kind of stuff is definitely a lot of fun. I love that movie. A woman is a woman. That, yeah. Her costumes are, are fantastic in that film. And, and that's of course also a, 
you know, the, his um, tribute to uh, like American musicals yeah. and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, Catherine Deneuve. Uh, oh my gosh. Umbrellas yeah. of Sharsberg or whatever. Sharsberg. There you yeah. go. Oh man, that's like my most hated movie. Really? Wait, why? I hate the vibe of it oh, so much. Oh, it's so good. If somebody had to devise a movie that how would can, just repel me from the room. How can you hate a movie that is Catherine Deneuve in it? I mean, she's so beautiful. She's beautiful. Just, uh, Don't you enjoy look looking at her face? I, I would ra- yeah, just close up on her face and cut everything <laughs> out. Because like, I just hate the just the whole vibe it's just like everything that i don't want to look at have you seen um, the young girls of rushford no i haven't seen that one you might like that one better i mean you know it's the same director but it's and it's like also a musical but it's like more like playful and mod and it has this one dance scene at the beginning where all the people in the town are dancing and they all have like white go-go boots and like little colorful outfits like super mini skirts and um gene kelly is in it hmm it's Ian Kelly is also another. Well, I don't know if he's fashionable <laughs> as much as I just am in love with him. <laughs> How, what? Why don't you like about that movie? I love the sets in that Dude, movie. Dude, I hate the colors. I hate. You everything. hate the colors? Yeah, man. It's just. I mean, there are these certain things that like tip you off, uh, and it just you can't look at it. Like yeah. Wizard of Oz, I have a really hard time looking at it because I just there's something about the colors that just fucks with so, me. Well, wait, you just like don't like really awesome like Technicolor. I look, yeah, Cody, which is yeah. like bright, <laughs> colorful stuff that I like, but like Wizard of Oz always like triggered me like this horrible reaction in me as far as like the colors and the lighting Whoa. and everything. And same with uh, umbrellas and do you yeah, li- I mean, there's just certain <laughs> movies that just do that. Do you like um like fifties like color stuff? Like, do you like the girl can't help it? That's because that's a favorite of mine. Gentlemen prefer blondes. Yes, yeah, so I haven't seen either of those. Oh man. I don't know that you'd like them then. Yeah. And like the birds is always my classic example of a movie that I damn near can't look at because I just hate the lighting so much and just the color of everything. Well, you're going to get a lot of angry letters. Yeah. From I don't us. think we have enough <laughs> listeners. <Yeah. laughs> we're we're going to write you. Angry. Yeah. You yeah. guys will write me. <laughs> yeah. Tonight. I'll troll you. <laughs> I'll think I have like, like 200 up, letters. I'll but set it's up just... anonymous Twitter accounts <laughs> yeah. to be like, your taste in color sucks. <laughs> S-U-X. Yeah. Obviously. So what what other so Cody come on you going gotta make in, up for that now. yeah I was thinking <laughs> going into like the eighties one of my favorite examples in the eighties would be the Warriors I mean what movie has more costumes in it of like varied styles than the Warriors because mm-hmm. like every gang like I love that every gang has like a look and like a costume and it's like yeah we're committing to this you know yeah I love that yeah that kind of goes with like what you were saying about Clockwork Orange before in a way too. That's yeah, sort of I mean, like definite influence guy on, style. Yeah. on the Warriors. And I just love their, their like brown, you know, vests and like the brown pants. And it's like every costume in that movie, you know, because you're all, again, you're only seeing these people for like a split second, like with like Buffalo 66 or whatever. So they just have to come across like right away, you know, and a lot of these scenes, like they're fighting them. So you have to be able to pick them out in the fight. And like, it just helps if like, some guys are wearing like baseball pinstripes and like, you know, your main guys are wearing like a neutral brown and it just like pops off each other and you can tell like who's punching who and everything. Cause it's like a very dark movie. Yeah. There isn't much light. So you can't really see people well. And it just, it really helps in that regard. So you don't want to see beautiful, like candy colors. You just want to see like a dark movie of people punching each other. No, I love, <laughs> look, I love candy colors. You know, I don't like candy crush, but I like, you know, colorful things. I just, there's something about the umbrellas, man. That just, oh. Oh, have you seen, wait, another movie by that director, um, Donkey Skin? 
No. That oh, I've seen that. That movie's crazy. It sounds like a sex act or something. <laughs> yeah, it's a really gross sounding title. But it's, it's a weird movie. Yeah, but it has, um. well, it's also Catherine Deneuve and Delphine Seyrig, who I love. She's great. And she's like, Catherine Deneuve is like, like it's like a fairy tale with Delphine She's like Seyrig. a princess that yeah. turns, it gets turned into a donkey or something. Yeah, and like she has this, at one point she has this amazing like mirrored ball gown and yeah. it like looks like the craziest like I don't know like Barbie dress or something and like Delphine Sirica sort of done up like like in like this Judy Jetson type look this purple like shiny thing with like this pointy big collar and wait who's that actor who's in it oh um Jean Marais is the king and he has a throne that's like a giant cat that he like reclines Damn. on. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You might you might enjoy that. I mean, donkey skin. That movie's weird, though. I, it's a it's type weird. of movie it's that definitely weird. It's like way it sounds much better when people describe it. And it's almost <laughs> worth watching to also to have those moments like, you know, there's certain parts of that movie are really stand out. But then a movie on whole, I thought was a little disappointing. Yeah. I just want to have seen a movie called donkey skin. <laughs> I just want to be able to throw that out. Like, have you seen donkey skin? And they're like, no, like they think it's like one of those like Serbian movie type. Like, and then it's just like people reclining on cats, apparently. Yeah. We'll be pleasantly surprised if they're expecting some gross porn thing and then they see Catherine Deneuve and Jean Marais reclining on a cat. I mean, that's that's probably better than most like gross, creepy. It sounds like it would be like a Harmony Corinne film or something. (laughs) Donkey skin. Yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah. But you loved Spring Breakers. That's very candy colored. Uh, See, that's my kind of candy color. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. I've just... I just got out for spring break the other day and I've totally been saying like spring break. Yeah, man. You have to say it. It's so fun. Oh, it's yeah. a, I love that fucking movie. See, that's like a use of color yeah, that I, I really can really like get it. down with. And I just love their, I mean, that's a great costume movie. That's a, that's a perfect pick. I mean, his outfit and like their pink uh, bank robber masks and everything. Like it's just, that's a perfect little movie. I think part of what's really good about it is that it captures a look that's really tacky that I kind of hate in real life, mm. but it captures it so well and it like just pushes it, you know, it turns it up to 11. It like goes there. Yeah, absolutely. Like it just totally goes over the top of all the fluorescent and all the like teeny short shorts and like the sneakers. But I know that if I saw someone wearing that stuff in real life, I'd just be like, oh my God, so annoying. Just like stop. Yeah. It's like <laughs> and this and same with like the music and everything. Yeah. Like it's all it's all elements that I have no interest in whatsoever, but it just comes together in this very artistic way where I just it's like, yeah, I can get down with every fucking song in that movie and I can get down with every look <laughs> just because it's all wrapped like under this like swirling umbrella. I think a good costume does that sort of thing where it, it takes something that you can that you know, you're like, I've seen this on the street, but the truth is you actually haven't, you know, like you've never really right. seen yeah. someone who's like spring yeah. breakers, but yet, and yet you knew exactly what they were going for. And now that's your image for it. It and feels you like always, it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It feels just like it. See, that's a weird thing is like things can feel realer than reality, you know, in cinema, as far as like lighting. <laughs> you're getting or, philosophical. <laughs> yeah, well, Let's break it down. Um, it goes back to that thing of like, if you emulate a costume in a movie and you bring it into real life, it's not going to really work. People are going to be like, why are you dressing like that? Yeah. But in a film, it can look like the most real thing you've ever seen, you know? Or it can even like sum up decades. I mean, like, you know, again, like 
uh, Alex DeLarge in that record shop yeah. in that, that blue suit with these like huge brown lapels that are just so out there yeah, and, and I, funky. I believe but, he has a, crev- a cravat yeah. also. <laughs> Yeah. Or maybe it's a neckerchief or an ascot. Who knows? Yeah, he has this like, yeah, I mean, everything. And, and that to me, it, it screams 60s, but it also yeah. sort of is this timeless future non 60s that never happened that like, you right. know, it's it, more 60s than 60s. It, yeah. You know. And it like, I mean, I guess that movie was 71, I think. But, you know, it, it definitely has that, that era. It's like just so hardcore. It's like an like an ABBA, like a lost ABBA costume. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I was thinking before like i was thinking about like some of just like favorite fashion movies and one of them which i was just telling a friend of mine to see is a uh, fassbender's bitter tears of petra von kant i haven't I don't seen know if that you guys one. have seen it oh i've seen that yeah the costumes in that movie i think are just so amazing because <laughs> like you know you have this character who's a fashion designer and it has an all-female cast and all takes place in one location and basically it's like this crazy like drama with like lesbian stuff and just like it's super you know german and everything's really heightened and the apartment is amazing and petra, like an id ego yeah kind of like psychological yeah. almost and petra von kant you know she's always wearing these costumes she's made that are like at one point she has like i i feel like it's almost a proto princess leia costume the <laughs> yeah. slave leia that's like this like metal like bra with gems on it and she always wears different wigs and just like Everyone in that movie like just looks amazing. What yeah. was her name again? The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant. He's meant to be a fashion. Whenever designer. I whenever I call somebody Kant now, I'm gonna call him a Petra von Kant. Oh, like just to that add like a, just to <laughs> add like come on, that was some somebody at home <laughs> laughed at that. That's gonna be trending somebody soon, like, like fastbender insults. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, you got to take it to the next level. Like she's a Petra von Kant. Yeah, no, you know? but it's like those. <laughs> but it's German, and then art is Kunst anyhow. So yeah, art is Kunst. Yeah, <laughs> it's like my motto. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Also, I feel like part of the reason why the costumes in that movie are so good is because it's like just a small cast, and it's like all women, and they're all in this confined space, and so they're, they're like competing like, with each other. Probably, yeah, they're all yeah. like performing, and I mean another great fashion movie that I saw recently which is definitely not as um intense as Petra von Kant but um has its own fashion stuff going on is uh the woman I saw that over the summer the George Cukor film from mm. the 30s I think and that is also an all-female cast and it just has like like I feel like because it's all women they like are really focusing on the costumes like there's like at one point this one of the women I think it's Rosalind Russell she has like this suit that has like a hat that has like a surrealist like eyeballs on it mm. and like it sounds great yeah and there's a scene where they like go to a fat the movie's in black and white but there's a scene where they go to a fashion show and the fashion show scene is like randomly in technicolor so and it has like sort of nothing to do with the story really other than to have all of these models these women coming out in these crazy outfits and these like gowns and stuff in this colorful setting so i love that the movie was just like oh yeah we're just gonna like pause the narrative here just so we can have even more fashion stuff when you're talking about like a movie with like an all-female cast it reminded me like it's funny how like a movie with an all-female cast they'll just go all out with the costumes because it's like everybody's got to have look the best and all that but then like you go for like a movie with like a male predominantly male cast like 
you know, Glen Gary, Glen Ross or <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. It's like everybody's wearing like the exact same yeah. shit. Yeah, everyone's wearing a suit <laughs> Like, or But they're, they're doing that, you know, like everybody wants to top each other, but they want to top each other in like an acting way and mm -hmm. just in like a bravado, like that sort of way. But I would, I would put Reservoir Dogs on a list of really great film fashion too, because <laughs> yeah. that movie would not have worked if they were wearing like Michael Mann heat bank robber clothes and they were doing like all that dialogue in that like warehouse, but they were dressed like, you know, all black bank robbers and stuff. It just look, would have looked horrible. Like they needed to be in, you know, that skinny tie black. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you know, Quentin Tarantino's into like just making guys who like he thinks looks cool, who are yeah. like emulating like the stuff that he's always been into. Like it's definitely sort of like probably a, a personal connection you know based on what he thought he was cool since he was a teenager or whatever. yeah and the way that like blood looks on like an all black <laughs> like suit where like you don't really see it on the black parts and then you see it really brightly on the white parts like it just it, every all like the fashion in that movie really came together even down to like the cop and chris penn's character where he's got like the you know the mesh like workout <laughs> suit and everything like I, that's a really good one for fashion and you know a lot of his films too. See blood in suits really really works. <laughs> yeah, man. If somebody's wearing a suit, they better get shot by the end of the movie. Actually, you know <laughs> that, would be that would change a whole lot of films, <laughs> just think. Uh Lord of the Rings actually I'm going to bring uh, up. No. Yes, Lord of the Rings has fantastic I'm costumes. I'm not a Lord of the Rings person. I, the costumes are amazing because you have ever a different <laughs> costume for each race that has a clear history behind it. That sounds it. racist. <laughs> With, yeah. I love the history. I, I love that when you walk, when they're walking to like a, a dwarf city, everything is just sort of like deco-y look to it. Whereas the elven city has this, uh, you know, nouveau kind of look and all that sort of stuff. I love that attention to detail, whether or not you care for Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I think that, and, and granted, I mean, it's a bit of a cop out in the sense that these aren't like things that we can wear. But, no, I mean, it is a fantasy. <laughs> no. But the I, I've always, I mean, that movie also, I think, with without that attention that, that you know, it's also like maybe because they had so much money to, to obviously spend on it, but like the, that attention to detail for those costumes, that movie would not have been the same otherwise. I think oh, absolutely. for me, I remember when I saw one of the Lord of the Rings movies in theaters and I think I just wasn't even paying attention to the costumes because I was at a point where I just needed to pee really badly and there were like a million false endings and I just was like when is this gonna end? I think that was the last one. Yeah it was like <laughs> I kept thinking it was gonna be over and then it's like nope and then now that it's on you know when it comes out on DVD they're like five hours of deleted scenes. Yeah and they're just like the extended versions. For. Yeah and you were going on about how like the Hobbit's like way too bloated and stuff. Did, well, the were Hobbit the, is Were the costumes in the Hobbit any good? You know what I, I, I thought the whole thing was just lesser. I mm -hmm. th There was because they could basically pick up on everything that they already did for Lord of the Rings that they kind of brought into the Hobbit, sure. but there's nothing that stood out to me the way that Lord of the Rings did. I mean, there's certain outfits in Lord of the Rings that were just like, just so beautifully done, you know? And, and whereas the Hobbit, none of it, I, I didn't really notice any of it. And a lot of it was just recycled. Mm -hmm. Plus it could have just been one film. I mean, like, you know, it, it just, yeah, I don't know. It was, right. it was a disappointment, but that's where Peter Jackson, you know, his OCD and, and, uh, money <laughs> really shine in Lord of the Rings in, in the sense that he really got down those details. And granted, you, I'm sure you have to enjoy the book or, uh, <laughs> you know, the idea of the, which I do love Tolkien. But uh, I mean, he really the, the amount of detail and time that Tolkien spent on those books, uh, Peter Jackson really spent on those films. Did uh, 
Here's a question. Did Tolkien talk about the costumes much in the actual books? Like how much was Jackson going on when he had to do figure out the costumes and everything? There is uh, descriptions of stuff, but I mean, um, aside from a, a couple of key items uh, that where he'll say like the they were given a brooch that looked like a leaf or something, you know, like the but then they he really went with it. But, mm -hmm. you know, but Tolkien, there's so much detail and that he's written, you know, after The Hobbit, he basically wrote uh, like, you know, all all the other books. And then plus like the Silmarillion, which is like a Bible, essentially, right. and, and written like the Bible. <laughs> so you have so much background information. He invented entire languages. He spent all this time and in, in detail. And it was nice to see that. Yeah, in the you film. needed a director that yeah. was going to put that much attention. Definitely. Absolutely. But fantasy movies in general, I think, are fairly good for costumes. Yeah, no. And I mean, sci-fi also, which I guess is yeah. a similar thing. Like, I mean, obviously the costumes in something like Blade Runner are super cool. Those like, um, like Sean Young's like fur coat and her sort of 40s thing and Daryl Hannah's makeup, all that stuff. Because like, I mean, when you have more permission to like be creating a world that isn't the real world, that gives you gives you more space to do some crazy costuming stuff. Right. Yeah. And you get to explore your own taste too. You yeah. get to be like a little bit fascist and how you. A would, little bit fascist. Yeah. in like a good way. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you get to have the world look like how you would want yeah. it to look fashion wise and like art direction wise. Yeah. And even like 2001 or something like the fashion in 2001, like the space oh, yeah. suits and everything. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, that, that really works for that one. He's a Kubrick's a king with all of it. Yeah. I mean, he had all of it just laid out and it all has a, it has a really timeless look to me. Yeah. All of his films, you know, I feel like the one that, that maybe is, you know, feels nineties is, is, um, you know, eyes wide shut, mm -hmm. eyes wide shut. The one that took place in the nineties, you know, like, <laughs> and, and, but even that one is, you know, it has those, those, uh, costumes with the masks, you know, it yeah. has this sort of unforgettable style to it. Anyhow. Yeah. Some costuming that didn't work, which is something that I actually, watched 15 minutes of last night and then turned it off because I just couldn't watch it was um, Mulholland Falls, not Mulholland Drive. The okay. David Lynch. One. I was going to say, wait, are you going to say something bad of Mulholland Drive? No. Don't do that. I mean, costuming and David Lynch stuff is. Yeah. yeah no, we got to talk about that. Amazing. We can do that next. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Mulholland Falls is a movie that came out in like 96, I think. And, you know, it's got like Nick Nolte, Malkovich, mm -hmm. Chris Penn, uh, Jennifer Conley, like a whole bunch of people and it's like it's set in like the early 50s and it's like uh -huh. a gangster like detectives that are being bad kind of movie and um the opening scene well all right before the opening scene the opening credits that's something you have to watch even though the movie is like bad and i wouldn't recommend watching it even <laughs> though i didn't finish it but um the opening credits are maybe great because you see Jennifer Connelly and John Malkovich like having sex. But maybe it got really good after the first 15 minutes. Probably. Now you'll never know. It could well, be it's got, like, amazing. It's got like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but Ebert really likes it. So uh -huh. maybe there's something there. But mm -hmm. anyway, Jennifer Connelly opening credits. She's like taking off like her blouse and like she's wearing like sexy lingerie. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Wonderful. Watch <laughs> yeah. that. It was edited by Sally Menke, by the way. Huh. And, um, all right. But right after that, it's like Nolte and like the Chaz Palminteri and like the other guys. And, you know, it's a color film. It's a color period piece. And they go into a restaurant and they're all standing there talking to like a gangster and, and everything. And all of their hats and all of their outfits, it was like they went into like a store that had uh, like vaguely yeah. like old school like hats. Like it seemed too obvious. They, like they just threw on hats. Like yeah. nobody's hat looks like this is the hat that this person wears every single yeah. day at their job. 
It was like they just took any random like <laughs> 50s, 40s looking hat and just threw them on these guys. And it takes you out of the movie because like it's like if they're not taking that seriously, you start not taking the movie seriously. Right. And that's the I'm trying to think of good examples of the that's what you're talking about, which is that that thing where the movie either it gets so dated looking and there's a real difference between a movie that was made in a time period that is meant to be that time. Right. And a movie that just looks dated. Well, and, it, and like, well, it, it could be that like that was like hyper accurate and that's like how <laughs> it looked and it just looks weird because I'm not used to it. But like at the same time, you sort of have to slant it, you know, if that were even true, it's probably just bad costuming. But if that were even true, you have to sort of slant it so people can like look at these people and believe that they actually wear this clothing because well, you're taking these actors that, you know, are typically in like 90s stuff like around the time. And you're just throwing them in these period garbs and you have to sort of make it work. They have to look like they live in these costumes. And I think the best costuming, it looks like this is what they wear to work. This is what they wear when they leave the house. Like it really feels like they're not playing dress up, you know? And I think the classic example of something that you were just talking about is like something like Bonnie and Clyde where it's, you know, takes place when like in the 20s, I think. But at the same time, they both look like very 60s, yeah. but it also right. works because they just have like that like badass aura and like, you know, they're both like so cool and it doesn't really matter. It doesn't feel anachronistic or anything because you can see that it is like this sort of 20s ish style, but it's like that combining with like the sort of. I guess, 60s, like New Hollywood swagger type thing. Yeah, you really buy into it. Yeah. I think the fifth element I really didn't like the costumes for. And I and that because that felt dated. It felt like this was like 90s future. I thought those were great, actually. Oh, really? I couldn't get into it. It just seems it just doesn't seem real to me mm-hmm. for whatever reason. None of that movie seems <laughs> real to me. <laughs> I like, didn't realize I was supposed to find it realistic. <laughs> well, you know, like not like real, real, but just, I don't know. I didn't buy it. It just felt like they were wearing costumes to me. I mean, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Like why would somebody wearing like an orange, like a uh, wife beater? And why would she be wearing like the, you know, a bandaid, the white gaffer, <laughs> yeah. gaffer tape yeah, I mean, like outfit and all that. But I don't know. There's something about it. Like everything surrounding it was ridiculous too that it just I bought into it but then again you know I saw it when I was a kid and like right you can buy into certain things when you're a kid that you just take with you for nostalgia's sake like nostalgia's yeah nostalgia's sake you know maybe if I'd just seen that movie like yesterday I would have been like what the fuck is going on (laughs) (laughs) well let's talk about David Lynch because yes I mean Twin Peaks, I think, is probably his most copied via fashion. Yeah, I mean, I totally bought saddle shoes after having watched Twin Peaks. Not going to lie. And that's another example of like, it's really like that 50s look, but it's also, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And you can definitely see that in, um, oh, what's her name? In like Lucy's outfits with like her big hair and her uh, her, like sweaters. Yeah. But then like Audrey and like the other girls are like so like that 50s like sexy high schooler even though that sounds slightly inappropriate (laughs) (laughs) definitely there's something about i guess there there is a sort of horror fashion yeah strangely like um the shining too you know that recently coach the the designer (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, they, they did. The Shining 2. <laughs> yeah, they did the sweater, right? Yeah, the coach just did a the whole Apollo line sweater. that was entirely based off of The Shining. And yeah, that that, that Apollo sweater yeah, that the child so wears, funny. you can now buy for $700. Oh my yeah. God, if it wasn't hysterical. super expensive. Oh no, I would have bought it in a yeah. second. I was so upset. Really cool. Everything, yeah. the whole line was meant to be The Shining inspired. It was really neat. I mean, it's great. I would like to suggest looking it up. I want to say it was... Uh, we'll put a link on the on Yeah, the like site. fall, winter 2014 yeah. or no. Oh, I, know. I saw an ad with that sweater in it. It was great. And yeah. that sweater that proves that Kubrick faked the moon landing or something, oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that movie, the uh the conspiracy yeah. shining yeah. movie. That was great. Room 237. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a great one. Oh, and just back to David Lynch. I love um Wild at Heart is definitely a good yeah. fashion yeah. movie. I mean that's probably that's tip top for me. And as good well. good men's fashion with um yeah. Nick Cage's um, snakeskin jacket and Willem Dafoe. I mean, come on. Oh God, he's oh, so yeah. creepy. In that. <laughs> but um, it's funny actually because one sort of fashion thing that I noticed was in college. I wrote paper on. We I was like in this sort of senior level film studies class, and we had this assignment where we like read all this Freud and stuff, and then we had to apply it to a movie somehow. And I wrote about Wild at Heart, and I wrote about like you know like sort of the mommy issues and all that and like sex dynamics and everything. Right. It was a really fun paper to write. But I talked at one point about like Laura Dern, how she was always wearing these like sort of, you know, like corset like tops and like these bra to mm. tops, wearing her bra just like as a shirt, basically being really in quotes here, trashy, but like kind of in a cool way. And I found like some Freud quote that like bared it out about like fixating on undergarments and it was great. I had a lot of fun with it. And then what'd you get on it? I think I, I got an A. Aww. Yeah, I did. Nice. I did well. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not an A plus. I mean, I don't think the teacher was giving A plus. Uh, <laughs> That's the worst. No, I That's did. That's a good excuse though. <laughs> I did well. And yeah, no, but then anyway, but then in my college senior project, I ended up, I talked about like fashion and identity stuff and it was like very interdisciplinary because I did like poetry and short stories and film and just did all this stuff. And I talked about this movie, Smooth Talk, which is a movie from the 80s with um, also starring Laurie Dern in one of her one of her earlier roles. It's I don't think I've heard of that it's one. It's a really interesting film. It's a woman director. It's based on a Joyce Carol Oates story. And basically, I mean, it's like good. You would probably like it, actually, because you were talking about it felt like love last time I saw you. Yeah, that's a great and one. And that's kind of it has a similar vibe in a way because it's like a coming of age movie, but it's also like really dark. Okay. And it's like sort of like the darkness of sex and of like growing up. It's, it's really good. Um, but anyway, she, it's like from like 1984, I think, or no 86. Yeah, I think so. She wears like these very eighties outfits and I wrote about some of her clothes in that movie. And she wears like at one point she's like wearing this like sort of, corset like going out top and then as i was writing that i realized like oh shit like my specialty niche area is like laura dern in the 80s and 90s wearing <laughs> underwear as outerwear right. it's like i need to get a phd in this shit like how can i do it yeah man because <laughs> like yeah because like there's a scene in smooth talk where it just sort of fixates on her like lacing up her like sort of corsety shirt and like sort of looking at herself and it's really nice because it's like it could be super like you know, leering at her or like very voyeuristic, but it feels like you're sort of just like following this teenage girl. She's trying to like actualize through fashion. 
which is something I appreciate. But anyway, yeah. So if anyone ever has questions about like Laura Dern wearing corsets, I guess I can like write an <laughs> essay on it or something. You've got the senior most expert in that field. Yeah. That's great. Right here with us. We didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, it's super, it's very niche. I had, I had a line on like my website saying something about that once jokingly, but then I realized like, oh my God, then I'd have to like explain these papers <laughs> I wrote. I don't, ugh. Yeah. Gotta own it. If you ever meet her, it. you'll probably like ask her about it and she'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You'll be like, no, but dude, like in both of them. <laughs> yeah. She'll be like, yeah. I'll be like, know. read my Not papers. Really. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be yeah. terribly embarrassing. All right. So we'll probably take a quick break right now. What am okay. I saying? We'll probably. I'm, <laughs> I'm in charge of this. We're going to take a quick break right <laughs> now. And we're going to ask. We're going to do an them. outfit change. Yeah, we'll do yeah. a quick. Well, oh, what are we it's wearing? too bad What's... I didn't bring the Barbarella leggings. So then I could switch from my Clueless skirt into those. Dude, that would have been incredible. <laughs> Ugh, I didn't but let's go that. over what we're wearing right now, actually. <laughs> Jenna's uh, Jenna's just... on her way to an opera. And that's yeah. not me making fun of what she's wearing. That's literally what she's doing. Yeah. Like, it's not like I'm doing the, you know, Jed Apatow, like you look like blah, 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 blah. No, like she really looks like she's going to opera because she's going to an opera. Yeah, I got on. I would call this medium to high of a uh, fancy. <laughs> I didn't really go for it. Like I could have like really gone for it, like black tie style. But I just decided because well, it's raining. True. I'm just gonna wear. I like blue dress. I like your necklace. Yeah, big. I got That's a big cool. old yeah. chunky necklace. <laughs> yeah. Big old necklace, dark blue dress. dress. Black tights. Yeah. And then I have black shoes with a gold heel. Right on. This could be getting like very like sensual. Like describe what you're wearing. <laughs> I'm slowly taking yeah. it off. Yeah, this is theater of the mind. People love this <laughs> shit. Um, Abby's wearing uh, like a, what would you call that? Red maroon? Uh, no, yeah, maroon. Like, or I, I think it's kind of. Deep maroon. Bur- no, burgundy. Burgundy. That's what I was thinking of. I'm wearing. A- or oxblood if you want to be in fashion right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. A burgundy slash oxblood slash maroon. Made from actual features. ox's blood. Yes. Yeah. With my clueless skirt. Which um, is awesome, which is like little hearts awesome. with like the characters in it, like yeah. from the poster. And it's like just the hearts like all over. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It and is. black tights. Yeah. And it's a good outfit. Thank you. Yes. Well, I'm wearing gray jeans. Yeah. You're wearing, you're wearing flip flops and socks. So oh my I, God, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> Dude, there's been another, there was like another episode. It was the Mark Covino and Rachel Fox episode. They were talking about my... I'll have to go over this again. Are you trying to be like a geisha or something? Yes, I'm trying to be a geisha. I was going to say they're the Japanese style where they have like the hole for the... Well, that's what I like. But if you were actually to buy those socks, they're like really expensive. So you just buy regular socks and then you just do this for a while and then socks kind of just go with it. (laughs) Why can't you? Why do you need the flip flops? Because I don't like the the sock on floor feeling. I'm not a fan. I just I, I like a I need a buffer. Home. I need just like, you know, a half inch buffer. <laughs> so I, you know, if I'm indoors, I don't like wearing slippers indoors because it just doesn't no, feel you right. Need like some like bunny slippers or yeah. something. Yeah, but your feet get so hot and then they yeah, get like they sweaty, sweaty and all that. <laughs> like the flip flops, my feet never get hot, but my feet aren't touching the ground. So they don't get cold from like touching the ground. And they don't get dirty from touching the ground. It's just like a, it's, it's think, more for my socks benefit than for my benefit. And I, I nobody's know. looking at me. You're the only people that would be looking at me. So it's not really you. a fashion Now we've painted a, a mental picture. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, for, but if I'm just going about the day, you know, nobody's seeing it. Cody slowly undressed. The socks and the sandals <laughs> were the last thing to come off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm wearing black t-shirt, gray jeans, and then 
the so footwear that everybody hates apparently yeah we'll take a break we're all gonna switch outfits just yeah, like yeah. one to the right <laughs> i'll try on the clueless skirt yeah okay i'm sure it'll look great all right we'll be right back <laughs> and now chloe peltier reviewing a movie she's seen parts of while working at the theater uzumasa limelight is a movie you've probably never heard of i happen to see it while working at japanese film festival saw about 90 percent of it um it's based on chaplin's limelight which is one of my favorite films. I would highly recommend both movies. This movie manages to homage the original while not being a direct, like, cheesy replica of it. It's a really good idea because what it does is it translates the concept of the aging stage comedian being mentor to the young ballerina into um, aging samurai actor being mentor to young female samurai actress. It's almost like a master-student relationship, which is very appropriate. And all of the fight scenes feel kind of like ballet, which is really, really awesome. I'd highly recommend them. Don't really know what else to say besides it's just a cool idea and it translates well. And I think that even Chaplin would think it was a cool idea. Thanks, Chloe. And now back to the show. First question's from Jane. And she asks, what film would you like to see remade? All right. So I guess we're, we would be picking director. We'd be picking, you know, the movie and we would want to see their take, I guess, because we would want to see it remade. We wouldn't be remaking it ourselves. I guess I would want to remake something that just wasn't that good the first time yeah, around. That's but what maybe, I was thinking too. Yeah. Maybe something that had like an okay story or an okay premise, or maybe it was like, even like based on like good source material, but they just bobbled it or something. Yeah. This is this is like a bad example. I feel like if I really thought about it, I could think of something better, but Pacific Rim. That's actually like, a great choice. I would completely remake. Yeah. And I would have made it a little more like, um, almost like, uh, like anime, like, you know, that had better, stronger characters, like more focus on them. But in this world of this giant mecha, it's like, that's what I wanted. Right. I wanted like a solid action movie out of that, but it was just like, just so empty and futile well on paper you know del toro robots monsters yeah it should have been like, great yeah did you see pacific Rim? i didn't yeah it's, I, I heard it was pretty good though you heard that yeah people are lying to you <laughs> i i mean you i gotta like, pick better friends oh <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i didn't see it because i felt like I don't know. I guess I can be a little bit of a snob where i'm like oh i don't know if i want to see this it looks like it has too many explosions and stuff but i don't know yeah, I think Pacific Rim's a good choice. I This just came to mind randomly, but I really think that the ending of The Breakfast Club is like the dumbest ending ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate the end of that movie. Yeah. And like, it's like people just like love that movie and they get so nostalgic about it and stuff. So I think I would do a remake of it that like changed the ending and I would just make the cast like all like great like french actresses or something and i would just like <laughs> totally just like fuck shit up and be like i'm gonna have like isabella johnny and Catherine deneuve and isabelle all in high school <laughs> all in high school Wait, this sounds great high- yeah it sounds and, bad shit but amazing yeah so i think that's my random off the top of my head choice would just be like breakfast club with French actresses who aren't age appropriate playing high schoolers and <laughs> with an ending that isn't really stupid and irritating and who would direct it? Oh my gosh. I don't know who would direct it, but probably like, you. I think you're the only yeah, person. That would. I would direct it. I would 
costume it. I would like try to get like... This would be your magnum opus. I'd try to get like vintage Yves Saint Laurent and like Houston and like 70s designers. It sounds we, like a great movie. What am I We got to kickstart this, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just like going off the top of my head here. Yeah. But that, come on, like that 100% sounds like it would be an improvement. I think. Yeah. I mean, Breakfast Club's pretty good. The thing that I love about Breakfast Club, quickly on that topic, is I love the use of food in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like all their different lunches and everything. Oh, yeah. That's like like my the favorite, sushi. Yeah. That's my favorite <laughs> thing in the goddamn movie is like her eating sushi and him remarking on it and him like, you know, roasting everybody's lunches, essentially. You <laughs> but know, not I literally just, roasting them. Right. Not cooking uh-huh. them up. I mean, that would be sweet of him. Like he just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, fries up one of the guy's bologna sandwiches or whatever. I mean, I guess. It's a little paprika. I guess I have to like that movie since there's Bender and I'm Bender, but I just think the ending has just always really bummed me off. It's like, oh, look at how these different high school stereotypes can find love with one another. Yeah, it kind of tells you how to so feel about irritating. it. irritating. I don't like endings that are like, you have to feel this way. That's why I don't <laughs> like John Hughes, though, in yeah, general. I mean, I like Pretty in Pink, but I'm not a big fan of that stuff. Generally. Y'all hating on the Hughes? Yeah, I definitely am. <laughs> All right, here's what I would want to do along those same lines. I would want to remake Home Alone, <laughs> but not like a madcap, like silly comedy would thing. You, would you oh, make like, it like super dark. serious? Yeah, because that's fucked up. Like if you're burning somebody's face, <laughs> well, that's and, not right. And like forgetting, that's not a good well, thing. Forgetting that's your funny. child, that's like really dark. Yeah, and that's horrible. You feel terrible. I want to see. I want to see like Fassbender's Home Alone. <laughs> I feel like they made that and it's called Funny Games. I, I was about to say, I want to see Michael Haneke's Home Alone. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Because like all these injuries that like you just kind of walk off in Home Alone. If you were a robber <laughs> and you like put your hand on the thing and it burned your hand, you would go home right away. <laughs> Nobody's that fucking greedy that they would still trying to get into the house. If I touched a doorknob and the fucking imprint of the doorknob was like seared into my hand, I'm going home, I'm calling it a night. I'm not, I'm probably not <laughs> robbing anywhere for a while. I need, like a, I need you're right. Time. It's a nightmare. Yeah. That's a genuine nightmare and it keeps coming. My home alone would be a robber tries to get into a house, steps on a nail, goes home. <laughs> 10 minute movie. <laughs> Over. Perfect. Yeah. But I, I really do think that like a dark home alone, there's something to that. Oh, there's probably, oh, you know how people do those stupid, like, well, sometimes they're kind of funny, but they're kind of overdone. Those like trailers on yeah. YouTube where they like recut it. It seems like somebody would have done that already. Just, I, like, I, I, the I think trailer. somebody did do oh, that. Oh, the that best one, one is, have you seen the Dirty Dancing reimagined as a David Lynch film? No. It's, oh, that's really that. funny. That it, sounds good. Yeah. And it looks way better than the actual Dirty Dancing. That's awesome. <laughs> Needless to say, because that movie is. Yeah, uh, I love the, uh, the broke back to the future one. That one's oh, one of my no. favorite. Oh, oh, they just oh. take they take shots from like Back to the Future Three. That's so and annoying. That God. one that one's really good though. They the ones where they like really pull it off. That's pretty impressive. But yeah, Home Alone, pretty damn dark, twisted. Like it should be like a kid that's like kind of fucked up. You know? Who yeah. do you cast? I don't know. I mean, I don't keep tabs on like kid actors. Well, I was just thinking of another ridiculous movie casting decision, which I tweeted about recently. I was watching, I, I, you probably saw this, but I was watching Only Lovers Left Alive. Mm-hmm. I was watching it with my dad and he stopped watching after 20 minutes and he's like, you know, this movie should have just like had the cast of Seinfeld in it instead of these people or it should have just had Larry <laughs> David in it. And I was thinking as I ended up finishing it and I was like, wow, yeah, 
Right. Like, that would have been amazing. If Tom Hiddleston was Larry David. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, that would have, man, that would have been better. I haven't seen it yet. That's it was, how, uh, now I really God, it was really it. annoying. It's basically like, like gods who like can't grow up because they're, they're immortal. Just uh-huh. watch the hunger instead. Just watch David Bowie and Catherine Deneuve as like sexy vampires. It's Fair way enough. more fulfilling. Or, uh, or, uh, what we do in the shadows, which is the comedy one that, uh, Jermaine Clement just came out with. What's that one? It's about vampires, but it's like a sort of mockumentary. Oh yeah. I huh. read about that. It sounded funny. Hilarious. It's perfect. You it has the same sort of vibe though, because it's basically about like, Hey, you're immortal. Now what? <laughs> and they're all just like, mm, well, we go to the shop and, uh, <laughs> we you know, get some people to eat, you know, like oh. that's, that's the <laughs> whole movie. It's great. It's yeah, so good. Yeah. But yeah, no, only lovers left alive. It's like. I don't like using the word hipster. I know the word hipster is over, but it's just like the ultimate, like just like hipsters lying around like, oh, yes, I'm a vampire. I'm so hip. I can, I can get into but does it. But it doesn't have like a sense of humor about that. It's no, like, no, no that not at all. That's a shame. Yeah. Because Jarmish, when he's like, when he's good, he's like fucking amazing. Yeah. I was disappointed. Like half his filmography. I just adore. Yeah. I mean, he has great hair. Jarmusch? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a stylish looking yeah, director. Yeah, I saw him walking down the street once and he like looked awesome. He like looked so cool. That's a guy you can't, you will never mistake him yeah, for somebody else. Yeah, like he has else. like this like, pow, the hair. He's that's Jarmusch, all black. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to wrap this up. Thank you for listening. If you haven't signed up for Smug Film Club, by the way, sign up. It's our free online mailing list. All we do is send you free stuff. We send you bonus podcast episodes. We send you you know, little audio commentaries that we've recorded, you know, that you can listen along with your favorite movies. We haven't done that yet, but we will <laughs> do that soon. All you need, name, email address. Only time we're in your inbox is when we're giving you something free. So sign up for that on the site, smugfilm.com slash club. Abby, thank you so much for coming. We got to have you back on. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for having me. What's your Twitter again? Is it Abby oh, underscore? Yes. Okay. And it, my name is spelled A-V-B-E-Y. People always leave out the E, but... I am on there way too often talking about lots of stuff similar to what we just Yeah, and she's funny and she posts pictures and she's got all sorts of great film stuff going on. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, subscribe to her, subscribe to... You know, Jenna. We never plugged Jenna's Twitter. I, I'm never not on, on Twitter. It's probably not as good. But you know what? Anyway. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a, a hashtag um, socks and sandals or hashtag no socks and sandals. And I want you all to, out there, our listeners, to vote on, on the Twitter. <laughs> on the tweeter. Right on. Go on there and go and It's go not like vote. I'm wearing these outside, people. <laughs> this isn't a statement. This is a this is a for nobody thing. But uh, yeah, follow uh, Jenna Agreeable Car. Yeah, I should probably change it to my name. Can you? Is it taken? Yeah, I think so. I hope nobody <laughs> takes someone this. Takes it. Please don't take my well, name be, on Twitter. Yeah, it'll be two days before this goes up. So I you guess know, I should change it You now. better nail it. Grab that by then. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm at Cody Clark. I don't know why I'm plugging Twitters. Nobody, who who cares? But um, <laughs> we have th- to extend our brand. I guess so. Let yeah. people know about all the great content we're creating. It's true. That was, that was horrible. I hate when people talk like that. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you guys for listening. Any final words, Abby, final words. Oh, uh, 
Um, no, it's just like I guess I could talk about clothes and movies all day, and there's like so much. We'll probably good do stuff a part there, two. So yeah, it was lots of fun. Thank you. There's so much to talk about with that stuff. We'll have to do it again. And Jenna, final words. Unrelated, but I watched Obvious Child recently, and it was way, way better than I expected. Really? That's what I, I hear. I it's thought not the dark. Opposite. I thought it was overrated. Dude, really? I, I thought that it's like I expected it to real. be like dark <laughs> and like lame, like shit fart humor and like over the top, like trying too hard. I thought it was like just super like, cute. I thought it was cute, but I feel like I saw it over the summer and I hardly remember any of it. Like it was very slight. And like I was seeing all these articles being like, Obvious Child is a feminist masterpiece. I think people can eh. be, this is a whole other topic, but I think people can be too like willy nilly with that feminist masterpiece title. That's a Just good like topic. Throwing it on I there. think next time we have you on, let's do that one. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Oh, I can think of a bunch of great feminist movies. Yeah, it wasn't like mind blowing, but it was much better than I expected. So right I'd, I'd plug that movie. All right. Watch <laughs> it or don't watch it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> or watch it and then forget about it a few months later. Yeah. Watch it and agree with Abby, or watch it and agree with Jenna. Hashtag Jenna's right. Or don't watch it and be like Cody. Hashtag <laughs> socks and sandals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank See you. you. Bye. Soon. Bye. Bye.